Hello, and thanks for listening to this week's message from the Napoleon Church of the Nazarene, where we exist to help people take their next step in a transforming relationship with Jesus Christ. We hope that as you listen, you are both encouraged and challenged as you take that next step in your walk with Christ. I guess uh, I would have to say uh, I grew up in Martin County here. By the time I was 16, I was addicted to all types of medicine. They was paying my way into pill doctors, my uncle was, for for the pills, just, you know, he would take all the pain pills and he'd give me some nerve pills and I'd go crazy for a week at a time. But uh, I got on meth and uh, meth took my sanity. I lost all sense of reality. It took me to the darkest place in my life where, as far as bad stuff, there isn't anything I haven't done. And I really didn't care. I had so many enemies and done run over every good person that would help you and like I just love me but it took me to a place I was just miserable miserable and I got so miserable and uh, enough to change my life I'm so thankful for that low point because if things would have just if I would have skipped by I don't think I would have ever realized uh, you had I had to lose it all to uh, decide to change I was born and raised in Martin County, and so I have a lot of great memories in Eastern Kentucky and Martin County. But on the other end, it's also the place in 1964 where President Johnson came and declared the war on poverty. So it's been a very impoverished place, and people have sensationalized just what happens here and have put labels on people here. Probably the thing that breaks my heart the most as I see our people is the way they're portrayed outside of this community, because probably some of the greatest people I've ever met in my life, probably some of the most wisest people I've ever met in my life, live in these hills and hollers. And so my desire has always been, I want to tell the good things of what happens here. Arrow's mission is to be Christ's love in action in all that we do. Arrow focuses in three areas. One is education. Uh, the other piece is addiction. Um, I don't know of a family in Martin County whose life has not been impacted by the abuse and use of drugs and alcohol. And then of course the third area is bringing in short-term mission teams. Uh, we call it work and witness teams uh, because it's not just about coming in and working, it's about witnessing the love and the hope of Christ as they're here to serve alongside of us. I had a friend, and I got a message from her, and that's how I was doing, and she's like, you need to go to rehab. And I was like, you tell them to call me and I'll go. I left a couple days later. I hated it the first 20 days, and then that's when I ended up uh, at Celebrate Recovery in a rehab, and uh, I was having a service similar to last night, and some guys like, you ought to go up there and pray. And I wanted to, but uh, I had a chip on my shoulder where I was a tough guy. And it cost me a lot of hard time being a tough guy. After I went to the altar and prayed, I caught myself the next day in group uh, feeling pity for strange people that I didn't even know about their struggles. And that was weird to me because I, I never had a heart. So for nobody but myself, it benefited me. 
just one prayer and, and my feelings toward myself and the world changed. When I was a kid, I can remember ARO coming to my house and painting it. Actually, Dwayne and his crew put the roof on like uh, before my father passed away. They fixed the floors and uh, they're coming back to fix some more. <laughs> this is a poor community and they've served so many people, like so many people that I know, so many people that I don't know. They're such a blessing to all this community. I want our people to be seen in such a way that um, when people come here to serve alongside of us, that they literally leave changed because of what people have spoken into their lives, the people that live here. That's the story I try to tell people, that this is a place that literally when you come in and experience it will change your life if you'll come in and with an open heart. Do you believe that God is in the business of redeeming and restoring and transforming lives? Okay, there's a few. That's good. I know it's first service. It's okay. I'm from Appalachia, so it's okay if you participate in the worship service. There is nothing wrong with that whatsoever. Do you believe that God is in the business of redeeming, restoring, and transforming lives? I do. I get to see it every day. I literally have watched people walk out of the grave because of the power of Jesus Christ. Scripture says the same power that, that raised Christ from the dead is the same power that lives and reigns in our hearts and our lives today. And so many times we live beneath the victory that he has already won. So many of us at times, and I've, I've been guilty of this as well, but, but we live as if we're living to victory when really we're living from victory because Christ has already defeated death, hell, and the grave. We sang about it this morning. There was a song that we sang this morning that, that talked about the victory that we have in Christ. And God is alive and well. And so what a privilege it is for me to be back here at NAPNAS. This is the third time that, that I've been here over the last four years to speak and to share about what God is doing in the heart of Appalachia and he is on the move. Just about a week ago, I was a part of our Celebrate Recovery service that we partner with. And, and you have had multiple teams that have been down and have experienced that. But we had between 150 to 175. And over the last five years that we have been doing Celebrate Recovery and partnering with that ministry in Martin County, we have literally seen 400 people come to Jesus Christ. It's powerful. God is on the move in the mountains. Now, I'm not seeing this on the back wall, so I'm assuming, yeah, it's up there. I, before I say anything else this morning, I want you to know this. We are so thankful for the partnership that we have with NAPNAS. Over the last three years in May, you guys have filled up a semi-trailer full of goods for our thrift store. Our thrift store that's on our Kentucky campus generates about 50 to 60% of our ministry revenue. It's open five days a week for our folks, and we have anything from clothing to used appliances to, to doors and windows and, and cabinets and you name it, we have it all. But it, if it wasn't for the partnership that we have with you, uh, it would be a lot more difficult. I'll never forget in May of 2020, you'll remember that year. I mean, I think everyone will remember that year as long as we live. When, when COVID, COVID entered into our world, 
We had shut down the store for two months, and in May of that year, you all brought your first tractor trailer full of goods for our thrift store, and we had been closed, and, and we were wondering what we were going to do and trusting God, and, and you guys delivered in a great way. The week that we opened, the week before, you guys had delivered that semi-trailer full of, of goods, and that next week, we literally brought in $16,000 through our thrift store, which impacts lives. And so you guys have kept coming back every May to, to do that, and God has been faithful through that. And so I want to thank Dan and those who have come and those who head that up and spear that, spearhead that up to, to impact the work that we do. Over the last couple of years, you have also brought two work and witness teams, and, and you have another team that's coming. I believe the dates are up there July 29th through August the 4th. And you will be bringing a team to continue to partner with us in the work that we're doing there on our campus in eastern Kentucky. If you're, if you're new here uh, to NAPNAS, uh, this is a partnership that I've been so thankful for and so grateful. God continues to be faithful. And it was four years ago last month that I stepped into the role of executive director at Appalachia Reach Out, a ministry that had started over 50 years ago because of a call on the life of an educator in western Michigan in the Grand Rapids area to say, I believe God is calling me to a work. And so in 1972, Miss Jo Boomsma quit her teaching position and came to eastern Kentucky in Martin County where President Johnson had been a few years previous to that to declare the war on poverty and it was the poorest county in all of the country in 1964 and still today it is one of the poorest counties in all of the United States of America. 75% of the kids in our county live in poverty. It's pervasive, it's everywhere you look and yet God has called us to that work and, and you are an active part in the work that God is doing. All praise and glory to him. He deserves all of our praise. Everything that I share with you this morning is not about me. It's not just about Appalachia Reach Out. It's about the faithfulness of God to be active in our world today. He is active. And it's not just a one-way street. It's just not NAPNAS coming and, and partnering with ARO. We're reciprocating that. We've been praying for, for you over the last few months as you have been walking through this pastoral search. We believe God has the right person for you all as you think about impacting your community here in Napoleon, Ohio. Do you believe that today? As I hear and look through and as I look through the bulletin and see how you're being the hands and the feet of Jesus in your community, don't stop doing that. Scripture says faith without works is dead. So in other words, we can't just speak what we believe, we must live it out each and every day. God has not called us to compartmentalize our life, but he has called us as a whole person to be his hands, his feet, his heart, his mission. And this is not a part of my message, but I have been living in John chapter 15, which simply says, I am the vine, you are the branches. And we are grafted into the Holy One when we give our heart to Jesus Christ. And he desires for us to live, allowing him to live in and through our lives. Two years ago when we were here about this same time, we were introducing you to a new work in West Virginia. And God has been faithful and over the last two years we have been doing what God has called us to do in West Virginia. Sorry about that, Mike. 
over these last two years, I believe this is right, yes, we have had 13 work and witness teams there. And for every hour, every volunteer hour that's given, I don't know if you know this, but the the federal government says you can count $29.95 an hour for every volunteer hour given. And it gives you some indication of how much impact you're having into a local community. And so we've had 13 teams. We've had a number of folks there on those teams working in West Virginia. And as you can see, we've impacted economically about $300,000 worth in that community. Now that's a larger community than where we're located in Eastern Kentucky. But God has been faithful in that work. At our Kentucky site, God has continued to be faithful. Over the last two years, you will see there that we've had over now 60 work and witness teams, 811 participants. We've invested almost a million dollars back into the local economy because of our work. We've worked with local government. We work with our schools. We work in home repair, with home repair projects. Whatever door God opens, we try to step in those directions to be his hands and his feet. That doesn't count the work that we've done. Two years ago when I was here, we didn't know that we'd be entering into what's known as Nazarene disaster relief. We had ice storms that came up through eastern Kentucky. And for 36 straight days, we worked in disaster relief. Over a million and some dollars brought in through resources through the work of Appalachia Reach Out. A number of things began to happen, and, and it wasn't too long after that, in the winter of 2021, in December, you'll remember this, that there were devastating tornadoes that hit western Kentucky. And through our partnerships with teams like you all, we were able to direct them to western Kentucky, and a year ago this month, we were able to, to raise enough money to present the work there in Mayfield and Dawson Springs, uh, the Nazarene work that's there, we were able to present a check of $35,000. To God be the glory. We had no idea what would happen in July of this last year. You have, you probably heard about the devastating floods that hit eastern Kentucky. Our county was one of 11 counties that were a part of the federal declaration we weren't hit near as hard as Perry County and Breathitt County and Pike County and Knott County. Uh, I have a partnership uh, where I do chaplaincy work with Appalachia Regional Healthcare. It's about a network of about 14 hospitals, and, and I go in and volunteer as a chaplain in one of those, and our head chaplain over all of those 14 hospitals pastors a Baptist church in Perry County where we don't even have a Nazarene presence. But he knew of the work that we do, and he got on the phone 24 hours after the flood hit. If you can imagine with me, it's hard to explain unless you've been in Appalachia what floods do in that part of the Kentucky, in that part of Appalachia and eastern Kentucky. It's not like here in the flatlands of northwest Ohio. But if you can imagine a creek that's usually two to three feet deep getting 12 and a half inches of rain and that creek rising to 43 and a half feet and they say the power behind that rushing river that was once a creek was the equivalent of a 220 to 250 mile an hour wind. It was devastating. And so when Pastor Sam called me and said, hey, we know of the work that you're doing and the partnerships that you have all over the country. Would you, would you come and partner with us? Death and destruction is all around us. And so 
the rain hit early into Thursday morning at night time. It was dark. He called and said, would you come and just assess it and see what you guys can do to help? And so July 30th, 48 hours after the flood had had hit and the waters were still high, we, we left Martin County and we drove down there not knowing how long we would be there. We began to go up this creek called, I can't, I can't make this up, but the name of the creek is Troublesome Creek. 61 miles long. Death and destruction literally everywhere. We saw search and rescue crews come in from all over the country. I saw sights I wish I had never seen as they pulled bodies out of the water. And as I was there on that Saturday, July 30th, uh, we didn't enter this, this work, to be honest with you, to do disaster relief. Our prayer has always been, God, if you will open the door, we will step through that door. And so when Pastor Sam from Petrie Memorial Baptist Church called and said, would you come and give a little bit of an assessment? We did, and as we were watching all of this take place and meeting family and, and friends that, of that community who literally had lost everything. I'll never forget Orby Campbell, a Vietnam vet, his house was probably a football field or football field and a half away from the creek. He had five feet of water in his house. He had nothing. When we found him, he was sleeping on a twin bed on the front porch of his home, literally lost everything. As we made our way up and down that creek, we met many of Orby Campbell's. And God was saying, this is what we're calling you to. And so we continue that work. You see the numbers behind me now. It's 53 teams through the Church of the Nazarene and Nazarene Disaster Relief that we have brought in there. We have now done about 11,000 hours of volunteer hours. We've literally, with our connections with many other larger partnerships, brought in resources to that community. We continue to have weeks on the calendar where folks are going to come in and help serve alongside of us. And so our call is simply to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And through that natural disaster we have seen people come to Christ that is our call that is our mission you heard the story of Johnny Dale I wish I could tell you so much more about Johnny Dale but I was pastoring the church before I stepped into this role at Appalachia reach out he he showed up on an Easter Sunday morning addicted to drugs and as he sat there and I greeted him I've known Johnny Dale most of my life he looked at me and he said preacher I'm a bad person I said no you're not Johnny Dale you've just made some bad decisions it wasn't long after that we were able to get him into residential treatment facility. And he went, he came back, and where we have an outpatient treatment facility on our campus, his father, who would later pass away that he talked about in that video, would take him because he no longer had a license to drive because for 20-some years he was in addiction, in prison, had done every kind of drug that you can imagine, but God was redeeming his life. This past September... We celebrated three years, four years of sobriety for Johnny Dale. He has since then gotten his son and his daughter back. God is using him as he works at Second Chance Auto, which is a ministry through addiction recovery care that we partner with. God is on the move in the mountains. Literally the walking dead come to life. We get to experience that. 
and God is faithful. Is it easy? Absolutely not. Is it difficult? You better believe it. But God is at work. And because of that, I, I bring to you this message this morning. It won't be long. See, some of you are already maybe nodding off. I, I'm a firm believer that when we live this life of faith, that we're proactive. That we're not reactive, but that we're proactive. And so I want to read to you a passage of scripture that is found in St. Mark chapter 1, verses 16 through 20. A forever yes. I don't know when you were growing up how excited you were when your parents would tell you yes to something. When we grew up, we were extremely poor in Appalachia. Uh, we didn't even have a TV. Part of that was we couldn't afford one. The other part was my parents said it's not good. But I was so excited every Friday night when I would ask my parents if I could go to my aunt and uncle's house and my cousin's house on Friday evening back in the late 70s, early 80s because there were some cool shows in those days on Friday night. Now, some of you won't remember this because maybe you're too young, but I can remember at 8 o'clock on Friday night, it was the Incredible Hulk. And then right after that was the Dukes of Hazard, right? And then we couldn't stay for 10 o'clock because Dallas came on and it was way too risky. <laughs> now, some of you are looking at me sideways that are younger saying, what in the world are you talking about? Well, look it up. I promise you. But when they would say yes, we were excited because we got to go and there's a lot of times when I was growing up that my parents would say yes, and I would be excited to hear those, that three-letter word. As I became a teenager and had the privilege, our second son just last week got his driver's license. And as we were growing up, our parents were pretty strict. And so to hear them say yes, I could take the car out, especially when I began dating in high school. They would say yes, and even if it was on the weekend, you have to be back by 10 o'clock p.m., not a second later. But they would say yes to me. Men here in the, the worship service this morning and maybe watching online, do you remember that day when you asked for your girlfriend's hand in marriage and she said yes? The excitement that that brought. It's still something that we like to hear. That affirmative word of yes. But I want to ask you a question that God has been challenging me with because, you see, I've said this before when I've been here, I'm a type A OCD kind of person. And so I like everything organized. I talked to you before about how I like legal pads and I like lists and I like everything done in a systematic way. Some of you are elbowing the person beside of you. Please don't do that. That makes for interesting conversation after church and this morning. But God has challenged me with this thought. The thought is this, this morning. Are you willing to put your yes on the table and then allow God to ask the question? Not God ask the question, I'll let you know my answer. But I'm wondering in your life this morning, whatever it is, are you willing to say yes to him, place that yes on the table, and then allow him to ask the question, whatever the question may be. I'm reminded of Jesus who begins his ministry in scripture and we're going back to, to Mark chapter one. And there are disciples 
There's two encounters, two separate encounters, verses 16 through 20. It says this, passing alongside the Sea of Galilee, he, meaning Jesus, saw Simon, Peter, and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on a little further, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who were in their boat, mending their nets. And immediately he called them, and they left their father, Zebedee, in the boat with the hired servants and followed him. I want you to imagine with me the scene that is taking place. Most scholars believe the disciples were very young, probably teenagers. But they were doing what they knew best. It was their vocation. They were fishermen. That's how they provided for their family. And so here they are in the boat fishing. And Jesus, who just began his ministry and taken into account here, they did not have the history like we have the history of Scripture today. They knew the Old Testament. And Jesus is walking the shoreline of Galilee and he calls out first and foremost to, to Simon, Peter, and Andrew. And he says, would you follow me? And scripture says they didn't go back and say, let me talk to my family. Let me see if this adds up. Let me see if the ledger makes sense. But scripture says immediately, some scripture says at once, quickly, they dropped their nets and they followed Jesus. And that passage goes on and they said, going on a little bit further from there, he comes upon James and John, the son of Zebedee, and the, these, these, these young men were with their father. So family was brought into the equation. And their response was the same. And immediately they said yes, and they followed Jesus. And I believe today in a congregation such as this at Napnaz, there are things that, that Jesus is walking the shoreline of your heart. And he's calling you to do something. Maybe he's been calling you for years and you've been putting him off and you've been trying to explain to him why you can't do what he's calling you to do. Don't you believe the creator of the world, who we read about throughout all of scripture, is true to the promises that he has given us in scripture and that he will be with us. And so why do we try to figure it out at the end of a pencil? A lot of times when we respond in a way that maybe breaks the heart of God, it, it speaks more about our trust in him than anything else. Proverbs chapter, chapter 3, verse 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Not easy, but he will make your path straight. And I believe that maybe God is calling you. Maybe it's to mend a broken relationship. Maybe it's to speak to someone where you work about Jesus. Maybe it's to start a ministry, I don't know. I, I don't know what God is asking of you, but I know this. In my relationship with the Lord, he calls me in the same passage, in the same book, in St. Mark chapter 8, 
that if I am to be his disciples, I am to deny myself and I am to take up my cross and I am to, to follow him. And so I'm wondering, what, what is Jesus calling you to do? And are you willing to place your yes on the table and then allow him to ask the question? There's a lot of other things that, that I had to share this morning, but for the sake of time, I want to be very, very sensitive because I know we have a second service coming. I love to, uh, I've been in youth ministry, to be honest with you, for about 30 years. And so this morning, I'm a visual learner. And so I need, now I'm not going to ask you to speak. I'm not going to embarrass you, I promise. But I need three volunteers real quick this morning. Some of you are already looking at the floor like, Lord, please don't let the preacher call on me. I just need three volunteers. Yeah, here's one. Come on up. Two more. Come on up. One more. Yeah, in the back. Come on up. I'm going to have you go all the way to the end there. What's your name again? Brandon. Nice to have you. Thank you. What's your name? Joe. Joe. Nice to meet you. Stand about uh, four feet from him. Now, isn't, doesn't she look good? Right? Love that t-shirt, for sure. She's been down to Appalachia Reach Out. And so I'm going to have her stand here and remind me your name again. Rachel. Rachel. We've had 811 people in the last two years, so it's hard to remember all the names. But Rachel is representing the moment in time when you gave your life to Christ. Whenever that was. For some of you, it's been years ago. Maybe for some of you, it's just been recently. But you've given your heart to Christ and you're trusting and you're believing in him. And so, so Rachel is representing that moment in time. Now Joe is representing where you live right now, this very moment. Here on February the 5th, 2023, this, this is where you're at. This is life for you. And then Brandon is representing where, love God, love people, I love it. I love it. He's representing in a great way. But Brandon is representing what God is calling you to. And you're looking at this gap as almost it's impossible. And yet, if you look back where God set you free and came into your heart, look where he's brought you from. Don't you believe the same God who has brought you to this point in your life is going to bring you here? He has promised, you guys stay put. He has promised that he will always be with us. And maybe this is the idea of saying, yes, I'm putting my yes on the table and I'm going to allow him to ask the question. I'm not sure what that looks like. Trust me, I am one of those individuals that when I am walking in my faith, I like to see where my next step is going to land. And there's many times in our life that God says, do you trust me? Just take a step. I promise you, he will be with you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He is closer than a brother or a sister, or a mom, or a dad, or a grandparent. As we do the work and, 
Appalachia, there's many times God calls us to, to do work and we're scratching our head like going down to Perry County on July 30th and, and seeing all the death and destruction and my head is swimming and I'm like, Lord, Lord, what can we do? It's like the little boy that comes to Jesus with his sack lunch, his fish and the bread. It's not about what I do. It's not about what you do. It's all about what he does in and through us. Thank you all. You can be seated. And so I'm wondering this morning as we close, are you willing to give him a forever yes? Maybe there's something specific, but, but maybe it's bigger than that. Maybe you're sitting there and you've been wondering about this thing called life. What God is calling you to do and you're so uncertain. And we're not just talking about maybe sharing Jesus with someone at work or at school or in your neighborhood. But maybe he's calling you to step out on faith that's going to be life changing, earth shattering. I promise you, he will walk with you. Over 11 years ago, when we said yes to Jesus to move from just south of Chicago at Olivet Nazarene University where I was serving as a dean of students and my wife as the director of counseling and health services to, to relocate in Appalachia because that's what he was calling us to do. And of course, all glory goes to God here. I had no idea that almost 11 years later I would be standing at Napoleon Nazarene Church of the Na uh, Napoleon Nazarene talking about a handful of years of partnership that we've had together and God has been faithful. So what is he calling you to do? Are you willing to give him a forever yes? Let us pray. Jesus, we thank you for this day and we thank you for your many blessings, your love for us. Oh, how you love us. And Lord, I thank you for each person that is here and those that may be watching online, maybe they're watching live or maybe they're watching the recording of this message. Lord, it is your message. We thank you for scripture and what it means to us. And we thank you for the, for the example of the calling of the disciples. And Lord, may our response be the same immediately at once. May we respond to your call. And there are folks here in this place this morning, in this early service at Napnaz, that you're calling them to take a step of faith. And Lord, help us to recognize your voice, to respond to your call, and then Lord, may we remain faithful. For you are faithful. As Lamentations chapter three says, your mercies are new every day. Your love, it fails not. Great is your faithfulness. And we celebrate that today. In Jesus' name we pray. We love you. Amen. Would you, would you uh, stand with me? Last week we introduced new members. We talked about the three core values of the Church of the Nazarene. We are Christian people, a holiness people, set apart, and we are missional people. We are called to, we are called to go. As I reminded 
Johnny Dale's testimony that when we say yes to him um, is our testimony that we have as we go and we share the light of Christ. And I just want to pray over Dwayne before we head out. He'll be out at the, uh, um, in the foyer afterwards if you want to ask him questions or what it looks like along with the dates. Um, but let's, let's just pray over Dwayne. Uh, Dwayne, let's just extend a hand over to him as well and his ministry. And so in Jesus' name, Lord, we pray for Dwayne, for his family, Lord. We thank you for their yes. Leaving a life of uh, uh, just comfort for the unknown. And Lord, that is, that's what happens when we say yes to you. When we follow after you, we live, we lead um, our lives into the unknown. We follow after you. We leave what we've known and our selfishness and our, um, and our brokenness and the state that you find us in even before we're believers, God. And so we pray over ARO, Lord, the thing that you've started, Lord, would you continue to be faithful. And Lord, this is the hands and feet of Christ working together, coming together. Lord, I thank you for this denomination and the, the global impact that it has in the network. Lord, it's one of the greatest strengths to be a part of this. And Lord, so as we partner with Dwayne, as we partner with ARO, Lord, we pray that you would just bless them, keep them. And may your face shine upon them, be gracious to them. Send people to them to, um, to witness to those in need. And we know, Lord, that it's reciprocated in the blessing that comes from serving, the blessing that comes from loving our neighbor as ourselves. Um, changes lives. So, Lord, we thank you for him and his ministry. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Lord, be with you this week. Have a great Sunday. Thanks for listening to this week's message from the Napoleon Church of the Nazarene. We invite you to join us each Sunday morning at 9 or 1030 a.m. for weekly worship and community with other believers. For more information about upcoming events or ways you can connect, Find us on Facebook or visit us at napnaz.org. Have a great week.